All right, why don't you stand to your feet? We're going to get started today and read our theme verse for the weekend. I've entitled this message, Created by God, Built for Purpose. Now, the reason that we chose this theme this weekend, and we paused our Thessalonians series for a couple weeks, and we'll begin again and continue with that next week. But this was the theme that the students got this week. In fact, the students learned five things. Let me show you real quickly what the students learned. Number one, God made you. Yeah, we got a few wow gods. You're going to hear a few wow gods. That was the response. Secondly, our students heard and then learned that God is for you. How many are thankful that God is for us? And if God is for us, who can be against us? Day three, they learned God is always with you. Day four, they learned God will always love you. And then lastly, they learned God made you for a reason. Amen. Wow, God. Let's try it all together. Let's try it. Ready? God made you for a reason. Good job. Higher vision. All right. So I want to share with you a verse. As I was praying about this theme this week, God brought me to this passage of scripture in Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. And I want everyone to read it with me. Those of you joining online as well. Here we go. Ready? For we are God's masterpiece. He was created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. I want you to close your eyes. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge that you're in this place and we ask that you would speak loudly, boldly in our hearts. We're ready for all that you have for us today. Lord, and I pray that you would anoint everything that I share today and that Lord, this message, which in some ways seems so simple, yet, Lord, sometimes the simplicity of your truth can be so profound. I pray that it would speak and that it would work its way deep into our hearts. And Lord, we're believing for fruit. We're believing for a harvest that comes from the truth of your word. Why don't you just say this simple thing with me? Say, God, speak to me this morning at Higher Vision. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated today. I want to give you two thoughts, two principles today. And if you're making notes or writing notes down, I want you to write this first point down. We read a moment ago that we were created by God as his masterpiece. And so number one, I want you to know if you're writing notes that you were built intentionally. Everybody say that with me. You were built intentionally says that God created you as a masterpiece. The word masterpiece there in the Greek, it literally means God's creation or God's workmanship. It said he created us anew, and the word create there in the Greek, it means this, it means to fabricate or to create or to build. So God has created or built or fabricated you. You are his workmanship. You are his creation. The point that I want to make here is that you're not an afterthought, you're not an accident. God made you, he created you. It wasn't like when the world was made and he created Adam and then he was going to make Eve, he just said, oh, what do we got, some ribs? Okay, let's throw woman together. No, he created Eve intentionally. In fact, it made me think of a funny joke I told a while back about Adam and Eve and um, God was talking to, to Adam and he said, Adam, I see that you're lonely and you need a helpmate. And so I'm going to create someone special for you. She's going to take care of you. She's going to cook for you. She's going to clean 
for you. She'll rub your feet at night. She'll agree with everything you say. And Adam looked at him and said, wow, this is amazing, God. How much is it going to cost me? He goes, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. Adam looked back at God and said, well, uh, what can I get for a rib? Uh, Okay, sorry, that was kind of bad. The women never liked that joke. I don't know why. (laughs) I'm teasing this morning. But the point I want to make is that God created you intentionally. In fact, the Bible says that God's thoughts about you are more than the numbers of grains of sand on every beach on the globe. God was intentional. God put thought into you. In fact, let me talk to you about the human body. Let me show you how much thought God put into the creation of mankind. Did you know that our human bodies contain 75 trillion cells, each made up of 50 billion atoms? Every four to five seconds, 50,000 of my cells, your cells, will die and be replaced with 50,000 brand new cells. So while you're listening to this message, your body is going to produce somewhere between 15 and 25 million brand new cells, depending on how long I preach. In fact, there are 75,000 miles of arteries, veins, and capillaries inside your body, enough if put side by side, to wrap around the earth three times. The point I'm making is that God didn't just haphazardly throw you together. It wasn't like he threw some stuff at the wall to see what would stick. God created and designed you. I love the passage in Psalm which says this. It says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. I like the translation that says, Lord, you have made me wonderful. I am wonderfully and fearfully made. And yet what is interesting is that all of us, each individual, has been thought out and designed intentionally by God to be exactly who we are. Our gifts, our talents, our height, our complexion. God created you the way you are. And yet, We look at our lives sometimes and we forget that God made us the way we are intentionally and so we start to say things like, well, God, why am I like this? God, why do I look like this? God, why am I doing this? How come I act like this? How come this is my personality? How come I can't sing and and she can sing? How come they're outgoing and I'm an introvert? And we start questioning, God, why am I the way I am? As I begin to think about that, I I came to a passage of scripture in Romans which said this. It says, no, don't say that. Who are you, a mere human being, to argue with God? Should the thing that was created say to the one who created it, why have you made me like this? You see, I, I, I feel like then in our culture, there is this pressure, this peer pressure, and here's what this peer pressure is, that you and I will just kind of conform and try to be like everybody else. If we wear the same things, if we have the same haircuts, if we, you know, do the same things, if we talk the same, there's this pressure to all be like each other, and they'll come up with styles, they'll come up with hairdos, and, and we'll buy in. How many remember this hairdo? Come on. The mullet, right? 
All business in the front and party in the back. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? Hopefully when you were young, you didn't fall to that peer pressure. I did. Uh, I don't have a picture for you, thank God. I think they've all been destroyed. The point I want to make is that we live in a culture where we want to be the same or we're told we should all act the same. We should do the same things. We should wear the same clothes. And, and I want to tell you, the devil will start to get you to, to start questioning who you are uniquely created by God so that you'll question your uniqueness so that you'll be tempted to become like everybody else. But I want you to know something. When God created you, he, he created you and then he destroyed and threw away the mold because there's nobody like you. And here's why. Because God was an intentionally designer when he created you so the point is simply you were born an original so why die a photocopy you see the first simple principle that I'm trying to make today is this is that God he intentionally made you the way you are I, I was thinking about creations and I started thinking about art, and I got interested, to, and I, I wanted to def define the most expensive piece of art, painting, that was sold. Now, there are things that have no value, and, and I'm going to say it this way, they have so much value, they can't be numbered or counted. But a few years ago, Pablo Picasso had a painting that sold, and it was the, the most expensive painting ever sold. I was going to pull up a picture of it today, but the title of it is... Nude, green leaves, and bust. So you know why I didn't show the picture. So this painting was a one-day creation in 1932 of his girlfriend that he loved. And a few years ago, it sold on the auction for $106.5 million. Why was it so valuable? How, how come it costs so much? Let me tell you, here's the reason why. Your value is not based by what you accomplish. Your value is based by who created you. The reason this picture was so valuable was because of its creator. And the point I'm trying to make this morning as we begin this message is to help you understand something, and that is this, is that you have value. And the reason you have value is not just what you do, not just what you say. You have value because of who created you. God designed you intentionally for a purpose. You were created by God and built for purpose. And this morning, I'm going to come to a place to help you understand why this is important. You and I need to know, we need to understand that God intentionally made us the way we are. Some of you can sing, some of you can't carry a tune in a bucket. Some of you can build things, some of you are good at destroying things. We all have gifts, we all have talents, and we've been created by God intentionally. Here's the second part that you need to know. Now, before I give you this point, I want to show you this verse, which kind of leads into it. It's found in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. It says, before I, before I shaped you in the womb, God says... I knew all about you. Before you even saw the light of day, I had, what's it say? Holy plans for you. 
The second point is not only that God made you intentionally, but point number two is you were built for a what? God said, when I made you, I made you intentionally because there are things that you're supposed to do that I built you to do. Let's go back to our theme verse. Our theme verse is Ephesians 2.10, which says he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Starts by saying we're his masterpiece. But you've been created anew in Christ Jesus so you can do the things, do the good things he planned for us long ago. God has planned some things, some purposes in life for you. And when he designed you, he designed you to do those things. A good example of this is one day I showed up to the church and I needed to get into the buildings. And it wasn't the normal buildings like over here where there's a swipe code and we have this little fob that you use to open and close the door. It's electronically activated and it works really good. It's a good stewardship principle because if you have to give out keys to everybody, I mean, sometimes people lose keys or they may, may not be back and now you got to try to get the key back and you can't get it back. So is the church exposed? Yes. So now we got to rekey everything and it's expensive. And so the electronic key is cool because now we can determine, okay, at a certain time on a certain day, you can open this door. And if, for instance, that fob is lost or someone takes it, you just chop off the electronically the ability for it to be able to be used. So it's a great way to do it. But the new building, our Kid Venture building, which we're about to build, start building out very soon, it doesn't have that yet. So I needed to get in there. And so you had to use a key. And, you know, you'd think as... The, the pastor of the church, I would have a master key. But if I do, I can't find it. And, or I never got one. And so I went to this building. I needed to get in. And so I went and grabbed my, my keys that I keep in my car. And, and my keys that I keep in my car are the kind of set of keys that you don't put in your pocket because you'll injure yourself. Come on, I mean, I'm talking about. I mean, it's just this wad of keys. And so I grabbed this wad of keys. I bring it over to the door. And, and there's all these keys, church keys, that look the same. They're square on top. They're copper looking. And so I start going through the keys and try to get the door open. And I go through key one. And I go through key two. And I go through key three. I'm getting more and more frustrated every key you get to. Come on, anybody been there? Because I got to get in there. I've, I've got things to do. I've got places to go. I've got people to see. And I keep going. And I keep going. I get through all the keys and not one of them works. Praise God for Pastor Chad. So Pastor Chad comes strolling by. He's like, Pastor, what's going on? I'm like, I'm trying to get in the building. He's like, oh, let me help you. And he walks over and he grabs a key that looks like every other key I'd used. And he walks up with that key. He sticks it in the lock. And because the, the, the key, you know, the, the long part had been notched in a certain way, because it was created uniquely and specifically for the lock, when it went into the lock, it hit the pins and opened the lock, and the door opened. I wanted to kiss him. <laughs> Praise God I didn't. You see, all the keys looked the same, but there was one key that was designed specifically to fulfill the purpose. You don't realize it, but this morning you need to understand that God intentionally made you because there's some locks that only you can unlock. There's some things that only you can do. Another person can't do it. Another key can't accomplish it because God created you to do it. And we need to understand that we were built intentionally 
with a purpose. There are things that God has called for you and I to accomplish in this world, things that he's called us to do that nobody else can do. The problem is, is that the preparation of the key can be painful. Because if you've ever seen a key made, it starts off as a square key with a long piece that then goes into this machine that suddenly starts getting chopped up. It starts grinding away. And sometimes the process to get ready for the purpose is painful. And so we start going through trials in life. We start going through issues in life. And we think, God, why is this happening? Why did I go through this divorce? Why is it that I, I lost this client? Why is it that, that we've had trouble on this, this situation or in this, this family thing? Why, why are these things happening? What we don't realize is that God intentionally built us so that we could be prepared through the process to fulfill our purpose. And we want to run from it. I don't want to go in the grinder, God. Don't put me on. Let me explain it another way. God speaks to Jeremiah the prophet. And he says, go look at the potter as he's making his creation. So I did as he told me and found the potter working on his wheel. But the jar, the pot that he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. Let me stop there. So the the potter was on a wheel and he was taking the clay and he was building this piece of pottery. But as he began to build it, he realized that one side was probably a little bit uh, lopsided. It was a little bit thinner than the other parts of the pot. And he was worried that if he took this pot and he put it in the fire, that the fire would expose this and it would crack and it would break and it wouldn't be able to fulfill its purpose. It wouldn't be able to carry water. So here's what he does. He starts to take it through a process. It's a little bit painful, and he begins to smash it and remake it. Let's go back, guys, to that that last verse. But the jar he was making did not turn out. Let's go on to the next slide. Did not turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. He said, I want you to know something that even though that you've been intentionally created by God the way you are, also you need to know that God has a purpose for you, but sometimes the process of preparing you for that purpose can be painful. We can go through trials, we can go through pain, we can go through loss, we can go through hurt, but you see, you need to understand something. That process is not lost with God. How many know because the scripture says, for all things work together for the good to them who love the Lord and are called according to his As long as you remember you're a key to a lock that no one else can, f- can open, then every grinding moment, every painful smash is not meant to hurt you. It's meant to make you into the key that God has created you to be. It reminds me of a story. Um, my son Tanner, when he was very young, uh, happened one year to make the all-star team in baseball. <laughs> he was so excited. He was so proud of that moment. And what happened was is he got a trophy after the all-star game. And it was one of these trophies that had a baseball player holding a baseball bat. 
And when he came home, we had, you know, have this, this area in his, his room where there's a bookshelf. And in there, we put all of his, you know, baseballs that he had won and trophies and games and things. We put them all in there. And so when he first got it, he didn't put it in there because he loved this trophy so much. As a little kid, he would sleep with this trophy at night. He was excited. He would sleep with it and, and he'd carry it to the breakfast table in the morning. I mean, it was like, it was his pride and his joy. Well, one day, Tanner got into a fight with Hudson. And don't look at me like your kids never fought. <laughs> Come on, how many of you had kids that had to learn to disagree to agree or agree to disagree? And so they got into this argument and, and they're fighting and, and, and Hudson is so mad at Tanner because Tanner was older and he had a way of always winning the fight. And so Tanner, in his way to, to compensate, runs over and grabs a trophy. And he holds it out like this. And Tanner's like, what are you doing? You better not. He's like, yeah, yeah. And they start fighting. And what does Hudson do to get back at his brother? He throws the trophy. He throws the trophy and it hits the wall and it bends the bat. Fortunately, it didn't break, but it bent it. So now the baseball player is standing there with a bat that goes like this. <laughs> well, of course, Tanner was upset and Hudson got in trouble and Tanner got in trouble and we worked it all out. And that night, Tanner finally decided, I'm not going to sleep with this trophy anymore. But here's what's, what's interesting. When he got ready for bed and we said our prayers, he walks over to the little shelf to put the trophy in. And to all of our amazement, as he pushes the trophy in, it barely fits. In fact, it wouldn't have fit on the shelf if the bat had not been bent. So I begin to think about the fact that we've been created by God and built for purpose. Sometimes we get angry with God because of the, the grinding. But what we don't realize is that God's just preparing us so that we can fit on our shelf. So that we can fulfill our purpose. I love the scripture in Jeremiah which says this. He says, I know the thoughts and plans I have for you. Thoughts of a hope, thoughts of a future. Thoughts to prosper you and not to harm you. God wants you to fulfill your purpose. He wants you to fit on your shelf. He wants you to unlock the things that God has called you to unlock. And here's why. Because there's nobody else that can unlock that lock. There's nobody else that'll fit in that position like you because God intentionally thought about and designed you. Don't get angry because you're on that soccer field and nobody else would be the coach. Don't get angry because you have a lot of kids and you want to pull your hair out. Don't get angry because you're serving in kids ministry and why hasn't someone came and relieved me? I've been doing this now for six months. Listen, God has you where you are for a purpose. He designed you for that purpose and when you and I realize that, that we've been created and built for purpose, purpose, man, I tell you what, there's nothing more exciting than to know that God made you and put you exactly where you are. Somebody say amen. amen. I know this is a simple message today, but here's the thing we need to understand about purpose. There's a scripture in John chapter 10, and here's what's interesting. I hadn't seen it in this light before, but when I was preparing this message, I want you to see what it says. It says, the thief's what? Purpose. The thief is the devil. We know that the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The thief's purpose, Satan's purpose is what? It's to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, my 
purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Or this is how Jesus said it. My purpose is that you can live life and live it abundantly. To live a full life, to fulfill, full, fulfill the purpose that I called you to. So the devil, his purpose is to stop your purpose. So he'll use the the grinding and the trials thinking that that's what will make you quit. He'll use the trials to try to disrupt or pull you away from your purpose. But God knows that if you'll stay on the potter's wheel, if you'll stay connected to your creator, if you'll realize that he has you in process, that those things that the devil is using to hurt you will only make you better. The things that he's using to try to stop you will only give you more purpose to stand up and fulfill the God-given design. And, and thing that he's called you to do. The devil's purpose is to stop your purpose. God's purpose is to help you to live it out to the maximum. I have in my pocket some money. Yeah, how many of you like money? Let me ask, how many like a lot of money? How many of you have a, rather have a lot than a little? Come on, wave at me. Just making sure you guys are telling the truth. Some of you didn't raise your hand. We're going to have an altar call at the end. It's going to be okay. You can deal with those issues a little later. What I have in my pocket is a dollar bill. I wish I had a lot of them in my hand because I'd love, I'd love to do this. Sorry, just, you know. It's a dollar bill. How much is this worth? One dollar. Four quarters. Ten dimes. How many? 20 nickels. 100. This has value. It's a dollar. It's valuable. Well, what if I do something? What if I do this? In fact, what if I do that? What if I go... And then the service is over and Someone comes up because I leave it here and grabs it and they take this dirty, wrinkled, gross dollar back to the cafe. What'll happen? They're going to buy a coffee. Because wrinkles, stains, don't take away its value. Why? Because of who created it. The government said this is valuable. Wrinkled, stained, twisted, knotted up or not, it's valuable. And you can't take its value away. And the reason I bring it up today is because the devil will try to point out your stains. He'll try to point out your wrinkles. He'll try to point out the things that that you have done wrong in your life to cause you to think that maybe you're not valuable. To cause you to think that maybe you don't have a purpose. But what you need to know today is this. Is that God created you and the reason you have value is because he made you. And every problem, every trial that you face hasn't taken your value away. But it has made you who you are so you can fulfill your purpose. Somebody say amen. Amen. So as we end this message, there's one thing that you need to know. In fact, this is the thing I've been praying about all week long. It's found in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter one, verse 18. 
Guys, if you'll pull that up. Ephesians 1, 18. Paul says, here's what I'm praying. This is my prayer for you this morning. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. In other words, I'm praying that God's going to open up your eyes, not just your natural eyes, but your spiritual eyes, your understanding to see something. And here's what you need to see. You need to see that you may know what is the hope of his calling. In other words, I'm praying that you're going to catch a glimpse. You're going to see the calling and the purpose that God has for you. And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? You're going to find your purpose. You're going to see your purpose. And you're going to see the the, the beautiful things that are connected to fulfilling God's purpose. And then he says this. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Let me stop right there. I want you to experience the great, awesome, mighty power of God to fulfill your purpose. That's what I want. But here's how it comes. Through those who what? See, the point is, is that I'm believing that God's going to open your eyes to realize that you were created by God and built for a purpose. Because if you really realize, if you really see it, if you really believe it, that you were created by God for a purpose, then you'll believe it. And if you believe it, there will be the power released into your destiny to live it out. That's what higher vision is all about. Helping you find your God vision. Because if you can find the vision God has for you and you'll begin to believe that vision that you're the key that nobody else has, you're the key that will unlock the lock that nobody else can unlock, suddenly there will be a divine power to enable you to do things that nobody else can do. To say things that nobody else can say. To love people that nobody else can love. To serve people that nobody else will serve. Will you just close your eyes so God can open them? God, open our eyes. Open our eyes. Open our eyes. Open our eyes to see. To see that we were created by you intentionally. That gregarious personality you have wasn't just something that you had because your parents are Italian. It's because God designed you for a purpose. You don't work in that industry because you like it. You work in that industry because God designed you for it. You don't have those kids because you wanted kids only. But God designed you to raise up children as though they are arrows in the hand of a warrior. You were created by God and you were built for purpose. And if you can just discover your God purpose, you'll find the power to fulfill that purpose in life.